This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to the Bureau of Citizen Detectives, the officially unofficial podcast for Yellow Jackets on Showtime. I'm Jim. And I'm Pete. Hey, Pete. How's it going? Uh, Aaron could not be here this evening. Uh, he is out of town. He's off with his family in Florida. And so we have... Uh, boy, I want to make, make some kind... Is there a substitute that comes in to kick a soccer ball during a game? Like a pinch hitter, but for soccer. They don't have those, do they? I, I wouldn't know. I mean, I'm not that familiar with the sport, to be honest. <laughs> I'm not either. I'm not either. Uh, anyway, whatever they call them, you're one of those for us, Pete. Uh, I thank you for being here tonight. You want to tell people a little bit about who you are and what you do, first of all? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Um, I'm, I'm Pete Peppers. I have a YouTube channel under that name. Uh, I've been making videos and mostly recaps, episode recaps and things um, while TV shows are on. I've been doing that on YouTube for quite a while. Uh, recently, uh, th- through the Bald Move Network, I started a new podcast uh, I'm doing with my friend Courtney. And we're going back through and we're re-watching Breaking Bad all the way through and uh, giving it a close watch and and breaking things down and seeing how it holds up. And that's been a lot of fun. Hopefully in the future, I'll be doing some more. Uh, Right now on my YouTube channel, I'm doing Yellow Jackets. I'm covering the same show. So at least one episode a week and uh, one video a week there and hopefully some bonus stuff coming out in the next couple of weeks too. So yeah, that's pretty much who I am and what I do. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah, we've actually been Aaron a- and I have been over on that Growth Decay Transformation podcast, the the Breaking Bad rewatch. Uh, that's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you're a fan of that, go check it out. Or you're obviously a fan of Yellow Jackets if you're here. So go yeah. check out Pete Peppers over on YouTube. Uh, good stuff. Uh, Pete, what did you think about this episode of Yellow well, Jackets? It's one of those things. It's it's a really Yellow Jackets episode of TV, I would say. Um, oh yeah. Like most things that happen in this in this little show here, um, there were some things that I liked and thought worked better than others. And really, the first time I watched it, especially, um, I enjoyed it a lot more when I rewatched and broke things down in the process of making my video about it. Like where I really started to look at how things were were connected. Um, the, the problem the first time was that there was just so much going on, which is, Mm -hmm. which is something that, you know, happened when I watched the first season too. It's like, they're doing so much. And, um, I like that. I mean, I I think that's a good, good idea to, to take chances and do as much as you can rather than play it safe. But in, you know, the reality of that is that some things work better than others. And, um, Sometimes it's just little things, you know, uh, like I said, there's so much going on that it just feels a little all over the place at first because like, you know, we're watching it really trying to pay attention to everything and pick up on what's important. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you got so many, you got different timelines, you got so many different characters that are doing different things in different times. So 
Um, I think, you know, if I had to say, I would say that it just takes away from the central thing of this episode. What I, what I come away with is, you know, it's, it's really about teen Shauna and, mm-hmm. and the situation yeah. that she's in. Um, and, you know, then we got this really big moment at the end that involves everyone. And um, I just feel like there's just like, you know, it didn't, it didn't hit as, 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 as like hard as I wanted it to maybe, but you know, like some of that just comes down to little stylist, like stylistic choices. And, you know, the one was the, the way that the camera was flying um, through the air right before the snow falls on, on the pyre. Uh-huh. That made it feel like they were really putting their hands on the scales of like there are supernatural forces here. And mm. then the other one is weird, but um, the Radiohead needle drop, it like, I mean, I'm a, I like Radiohead, you know, and I like, uh-huh. I like that song in particular. But the way they edited that, you know, she's saying, um, she's saying like, uh, she wants us to. Like at that point, the the song is as loud as the dialogue. Like it's, I, I don't know yeah, who's winning yeah. that. You know what I mean? Like I, I want I want to be there with the characters more than I want to, you know, think about the nostalgia of the songs that are that are up from that period or whatever. But mm-hmm. all of that, all of that is to say that I I really do, uh, I you know I enjoyed the episode. I, I I really like some of the stuff they're doing. I especially like that they did get to where they have crossed that line into cannibalism because we know it's coming. <laughs> and ultimately uh-huh. I think what's going to be more interesting is how they react to that than the actual thing. So, you know, it's a little bit of a mixed bag, but um, I feel, you know, I'm, a, I'm just as excited about wanting to see what's going to happen in episode three as I was at the end of the, of the uh, premiere. So I don't know. What did you think? Gotcha. Uh, I, we might disagree a little bit on a couple of things, but I think in general, I feel you. This show is trying to do so much. And yeah. like you mentioned, multiple timelines, a large cast of characters uh, in both timelines. And yeah, they, they've, it, they haven't scaled that back at all this season, right? In fact, they've opened that up more by introducing Lottie uh, and her crew in the future or in current day, I guess. Yeah. Um, and that's a lot to keep track of while you're watching the show. It's also a lot when I'm making, you know, an outline after watching this twice, <laughs> trying try to go, okay, I, I need to write down these notes. What's happening in this scene? Where are we? Uh, and, and the way they jump back and forth so often, I think makes that even more, I don't want to say convoluted because that has kind of a negative context because I think they're handling it really well. It's yeah. just, there's so much going on. Um, And then, you know, the, the part where we might disagree a little bit is I really love that final scene. I think uh, stylistically, it really worked for me. It's kind of like a hallmark of the show to push past a line that I I guess I realized was coming, but I didn't realize they were going to do it this particular way. Like with, mm-hmm. I guess I didn't realize Shauna was going to be the one to lead them there. Even after, you know, she takes a bite of the ear, I'm like, okay, well... Is this the mo? Is this the time when it happens? Is this gonna be? I don't know. It just surprised me how quickly all of the girls were just ready to say, "Yeah, let's follow the leader into cannibalism." Um, yeah, I, I wanted to ask you about that a little bit because you know that was one of the things when I'm watching it. Like I was really invested in the way that the the group was was fracturing, 
you know, because mm-hmm. it, it, I, th- I felt like that's what most of the episode was about. And then you had Shauna off on the side and, and she's going through her own really heavy situation. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I guess that's sort of what I was thinking. Like whenever we got there, I was pretty surprised too, because they, they weren't, it wasn't like they weren't hitting you over the head with the fact that they were starving. You were, they were more showing yeah. that how, how hard it is for people to live together in this situation, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if you thought that that too, is that, that, that was a little bit surprising that they got there when they did so quickly. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Cause like they even make a, a point to say that the food is not gone. The food is just very low and they've been rationing for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, and I think that's like to its credit, kind of that these characters, the tension is so high, not just because the food is is not there, but they are very hungry. Uh, but the tension yeah. is high for a lot of reasons. Uh, it would be very the dynamics hard to do of these what relationships, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, and, and so like they were ready, they were ready to to like cross this line, even though food is not. It is their number one problem, but it's not gone. It's not like they've been starving for a week and a half and they they need food, right? Yeah. They they just made a soup this night. So, right. yeah. Yeah. It says that there's something more going on there. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's sort of where, you know, it, I, I, like I said, I was happy that they did it. I, I don't I don't see a good reason to, to string that along. Um, mm-hmm. But in the first episode, I was really caught up in this idea of how Shauna was on this slippery slope. And then, you know, in this yeah. one, we just got this thing, this, uh, you know, thing it, like they, they can't really help themselves. You know, it's like, how are you not going to eat it? It looks like a, it looks like a, a roasted <laughs> pig out there. You know, That was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I mean. Stylistically. I'm like, really, that's how it's going to happen. You're going to have snowfall put out just enough of the fire to where it just cooks her instead of cremating her. And then yeah. they're going to wake up to this delicious smell mm-hmm yeah that's that's amazing that's so yellow jackets i loved it yeah I, I, like i said i i i when i rewatched it and when i was breaking it down and thinking about it you know it, it definitely worked better it was just in that moment like that to me that as far as what i had been watching to that point um throughout the series was this great tension about whether this is something that's really happening or is there su- supernatural forces involved Mm-hmm. So that one camera shot where it goes through, it just really took me out of it the first time. Cause I was like, Whoa, wait a minute. What gotcha. does that mean? What, what's happening here? Like uh, uh, this is really the, the wilderness is, is making this happen. It's, it's providing them with this meal. So what does that mean? When yeah. really like what, what's more interesting to me there is the, the characters and what they're going through and how that's going to affect them. Gotcha. Yeah. It didn't seem like uh just regular wind, right? knock that snow out of the tree i'm with you there i was like whoa okay they're they're really leaning on the scales here yeah that's that, that's what was my take on it all right um well we're gonna get to talking about all this in the the full recap why don't we get to that yeah i'm ready the wilderness is the space between the ads we'll be right back does monday at the office feel like a storm not with microsoft copilot that feeling when copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. 
Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Let's have all the oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. Don't freeze to death. Come back to our coverage of Yellow Jackets. All right, we start off in 1996. Uh, Shauna is taunted by the Jackie in her head, who asks her to do her hair and makeup. Jackie also tempts the very hungry Shauna by offering up a chunk of her flesh. Um, the other girls inside are preparing the food and waiting for Shauna. Intentions are running high, and they boil over for Taisa when she finds a shit in the piss bucket. <laughs> the big mystery of the of the episode, huh? Who did it? Yeah. yeah where, hey, you where... thought it was going to be, will they or won't they turn to cannibalism? No, it's who shit in the piss bucket. I, I actually love this. Um, this is just... It, it just trying to imagine how it could be meant, you know, like how the person could get away with it is, is fantastic, <laughs> you know? Right. Right. Um, but you know, so I, I did want to ask you about this. Um, where, where did you land after, after rewatching it? Who do you think might be the, uh, the person who's responsible? I, I want to say Misty, the way she's acting, the way the camera is, you know, going close up on her, the way she's suggesting, well, maybe it's a boy. You know, yeah. maybe, maybe it's not one of the girls here trying to deflect, right? Yeah, it, it's weird because I, I think that that's a pretty good choice. Um, the one thing that would would make me think maybe not is that she she did smell her her underarm when everyone else did, you know, like she was like, wait, is it me that smells bad? You know, she was, uh, she was right there with the other ones. Like, mm-hmm. and I thought generally speaking, nobody looked like they were guilty. Like you didn't, you know, everyone seemed to be as, as surprised by the, the news uh, equally or whatever. And um, so that made me kind of lean towards it being Ty, you know, while she was asleep, but Sleep shitting. Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, she's tied to Van. So, so both of those, neither one of those is a, is a for sure kind of choice. I don't think yeah, um, she's able to, she's able to escape. I know she cut the rope later, but maybe she slipped, slipped the knot that yeah. night went downstairs. When you got to go, you got to go. Maybe. I right. don't know. <laughs> Whether you're lucid or not, you got to yeah. go. Uh, yeah, it's hilarious. I love that scene because it's so funny, but it also just serves to show how tense everything is between everyone, right? Like something ultimately pretty minor, like, okay, it stinks for a little bit, but it, it can get between everybody and it can, it can cause people to boil over like Thaisa does here. She's, she's pissed off about it. Yeah. And it, and it really points out the idea that there's going to be people that are taking sides. And if, if nobody knows why something happened, then people have agendas to, you know, they, they think, oh, well, I, I don't like Misty. So it must have been Misty or, right. you know, whatever, you know, like someone slighted me at the campfire the other day. And so they're on my mind and I think it must have been them, you know, because I mean, this that that room one of the things that i really like about this season is the fact that the snow keeps them in that room together uh-huh. and just thinking about how difficult that would would actually be 
Um, you know, forget yeah. about the fact that you don't have enough food. You don't know if you're getting back to civilization and everything else, but like you are with, what is it? 15 people or something in, in one room with one fire, you know, source of warmth or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you have all those different personalities um, just banging into each other 24 hours a day. Yeah. And you all stink. You have yeah. taken a shower, you know? Um, yeah. No, it's rough. It's rough. Um, I, I always wait for them to cut back to Jackie's corpse in these scenes where Sean is talking to her. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of glad they didn't in this initial scene because when they finally do later in the episode, it makes it even more shocking. Yeah. Yeah, the thing about that, uh, the, I think this was one of the most effective ideas that they've had this season so far. And, and I think like you know, the way that she, you know, it, it's believable for her that she's going through that, that mm -hmm. like she's having these conversations in her head. And and that's what I really liked about this one. And this episode is that she's, you know, Jackie's cutting herself. First of all, Jackie, you know, the, 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 the actor does such a great job of being this version of Jackie, like, you know, um, Shauna's internal, uh, you know, internal version of her. And so mm -hmm. when you're watching that, you're really bought into this, this conversation that this is two people talking to each other until she says, you're the one holding the knife. And then you're like, Oh, that's right. Shauna is the one who actually is cutting that piece of flesh off of, of her arm. And will yes, definitely probably eat that later, you know? And so <laughs> yeah, I really she's been like sneaking snacks, huh? I yeah. Guess, between the ear and now this. Yeah. And, and it's just the whole thing of like, you know, well, this is the way that, um, you know, you're dealing with this situation, but, uh, it, it the whole everything about that scene is is in her head and and you can see how that's going to be involved with so much of what happens in the rest of the series you know especially at, right at the end of the thing how they're seeing themselves at this feast rather than you know tearing Jackie apart um a lot yeah. of interesting stuff there absolutely and it it made me start thinking uh, about this baby more cuz i kind of lost track of that in like yeah. everything that's happening, right? And then they Jackie brings it up in this scene, and I remembered, and I, I was like, okay, so these snacks that she's taking might be in her own head justified by, well, I have this baby, I need extra food, I can't tell everybody about it, you know? Um, And there's going to be a big fight. Like, we've seen how tense it is if I ask mm -hmm. for more rations for an unborn child, right? Yeah. So maybe she's sneaking these snacks that way. Yeah, because uh, I mean, I also, you oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say because you do get a hive mind in that situation too, right? And and not mm -hmm. everyone. That, that's why, like I said, I thought it was all going towards factionalization, like to where they're going to start breaking into actual groups that are opposing each other, because not everyone's going to go along with the hive mind all the time. You know, you're going to have your, your the people that are going to buck against whatever the rest of the people want to do. So yeah. that's that's another good dynamic they got going there. Especially when you have several people either directly or sort of unconsciously vying to be the leader here. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You're going to have natural clashing. Uh, also it, it shows that I think Shauna intended th that she was going to come here and do Jackie's makeup because why else would this makeup kit be out in the meat shed? I didn't catch that the first time around, but I, is there a reason that that thing is out here or does she bring it out here 
to intentionally do her makeup? It's a fair question. Um, I thought that too, when not, not when I was writing my, my script, but when I was editing, I was like, Oh yeah, that thing's just sitting there. What's, what's up with that? You know, like when I was scrolling through the footage and cutting it up and, um, yeah, I don't have a great answer for that except for what you said. I mean, that's the most rational thing. Like nobody else hangs out in the meat shed except for Shauna. So mm-hmm. yes, she brought it along, but the way it's cut in her imagination is it just sort of appears there. Right. So is she trying to cover up maybe the bites, the snacks that she knows she's going to take? Is she, she can't be that crazy, right? It's, she can't think that, oh, I could just put a little makeup on a chunk of flesh that I tear out and no one's going to notice. Yeah, I, I don't know, because I don't think she's that like rational about it. I think it's all pretty irrational, but maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, because ja- Jackie in the scene is questioning, like saying, oh, what are people going to say, you know, about how how are you going to explain that? Mm-hmm. So that's what Shauna is thinking to herself. Yeah. Yeah. Everything Jackie says is something, you know, including like the makeup looking, you know, saying, Hey, you're, you're useless behind the, the camera or behind the mirror or whatever <laughs> in front of a mirror. That's, that's Shauna saying to herself that, man, why am I not better at, at doing makeup? You know? Oh yeah. And she's real bad at it. I mean, we see yeah. it later. It's horrible. <laughs> the reveal, the reveal tells us that she is quite bad. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go to the next scene with uh, it, we go to the current day where Callie is preoccupied with uh, the discovery she's made about her parents and breaks up with her boyfriend seemingly for no reason. He seems like an okay guy. I don't know. He's a little preoccupied with this phone, but what are you gonna do? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know if there's a lot to say about that other than, um, you know, he yeah. he's he's not he's not really paying attention to what she's talking about, and mm-hmm. um, she's not she's a typical teenager in a relationship, I guess, that's got other stuff that's more important. So he doesn't really serve a great purpose uh, <laughs> for the rest of the season, I don't think. Yeah, I'm not I'm not really like certain why they had him around because. I don't recall him ever doing anything of importance. The most important thing about him was that that um, Shauna masturbated to his photo in the in the first thing. That was like a big. Um, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was the that was sort of like uh, you know something that told us something about her character early on, like when we're first getting to know her. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that that's a weird thing that that she did. But yeah, beyond yeah. that, I don't really think that. Um, I don't think he's really crucial to anything else. All right, let's move to back to 1996. Uh, Van wakes in the night to find Thaisa gone, so she rushes outside to follow her trail. Thaisa is following the man with no eyes and almost walks off a cliff, but Van is able to grab her at the last moment. And then we see a, the, the symbol on the tree. Yeah. And afterward... Everybody talks about what, ha- or uh, Thaisa and Van talk about what happened, and Van suggests they talk to Lottie. Thaisa, of course, says, no way. Are you kidding me? And, and you're she not going to that, either. Yeah, and you're, you're not going to either. That that seems like the, the most important part there. Um, that's what stood out. I mean, obviously, it's cool to see the man with no eyes because this is something that um, is is part of her, her whole story. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much there is to take away from this here. I mean, he, he does seem like, I mean, it seems like he's walking her to the, to her death. Right. 
Yeah, and this is so weird because, like you said, when we were talking about the the pyre scene, it seems like the darkness is trying to give everyone a meal to keep them alive. Or maybe maybe just intentionally getting them to cross lines. Thaisa, it's trying to kill, seemingly. So is it because Thaisa is a uh, skeptic? She doesn't believe in the things that Lottie is saying um, and, the, and the darkness in general. Um, and it's trying to kill her for that reason and everyone else is trying to preserve yeah it, it it to me this is um this is a bit of a it's hard to say because it's it's it feels like there are multiple dark forces uh you know i mean i i oh, think oh boy okay but i mean i don't know because it, it also feels like this is a manifestation of this bad thing that happened to taisa when she was a child right that's when the, that's when he first yeah. shows up is when her grandmother mentions the idea of a man with no eyes. And um, then mm -hmm. whenever she's in these other situations, now we, that's what we know for sure is that this shows up. She sees it sometimes whenever something bad's happening or whatever. Um, yeah. So I, I don't think there's anything in this to suggest that, that if that is a real force, that it's connected to the thing that made the, snowfall okay which is what i'm Ext calling the darkness yeah yeah the darkness like the woods or the guy cabin you know the man in the cabin that they found and showed up in mm -hmm. um jackie's uh death death uh dream or whatever yeah so um yeah it's like i said it was good to see him but i don't know it answered any questions and then like you mentioned you have the symbol there so that even makes things a little bit more co confusing because if this is something that she saw when she was a child, how does that connect to this thing that's leaving these, uh, you know, symbols all over the, 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 the right. woods where they currently are, you know? And, and the other thing to, to, I guess, talk about in that context is Lottie's visions as a child. Cause she's been having the, the similar, you know, experiences since she was a kid um, yeah. with that car wreck that happened uh here we have another car wreck in this episode i don't think they're related but she's been experiencing things for a lot longer than they've been in the woods so yeah because that that's what you know you mentioned that she said van won't talk to won't talk to lottie either and that 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 kind of seemed like the emotional the, the emotionally important thing of that mm -hmm. you know because it for all we know, Ty sees the, the man with no eyes all the time, but she doesn't remember it because she's walking around in a fugue state. Right. Sure. So that, sure. so that, you know, that's really what I keyed up on was the fact that there's, there's a division that's going to come between her and van because of van's interest in what Lottie's doing. And, and that's been set Seems up, like it. you know, since last season anyways. But um, mm -hmm. the thing, the thing that I was thinking about though, was, is that, as you mentioned, Lottie had these premonitions and she got her father was like, I don't believe in premonitions. So I'm going to take you to the psychiatrist and they're going to medicate you so that you don't think about these things anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we know why her premonitions are coming back because she stopped the medication. We don't really know. And, and we, we, we assume that Ty is having problems because of trauma, you know, the trauma they're in. And so that's bringing that back up. What's yeah. interesting about all of that is that when you get into the the conversations that that adult Nat and um, adult Lottie have, mm -hmm. is you get the idea that this is coming back now because 
like I said, we know why Lottie's starting to see, hear things or see things again. We don't know why Ty right now is starting to have stuff. I mean, was it just the election or whatever? And yeah, then stress, more, more than that, we don't know why Travis was freaking out and thinking that right. the wilderness was calling to him at this time. So mm-hmm. it's a lot. Yeah, that's of, super interesting. Those are all, those all seem like they could be a hundred percent connected or not connected at all. I would, I would <laughs> right, buy both, right. both things at the end of the day, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, so we're going to go back to the current day with Taiza trying to stay awake. Seemingly she's uh, drinking thousands of coffees. Um, she's trying to get some work done. There's a creepy moment at the very end of this scene where she's looking into several mirrors and mm. one of the reflections, without her turning to look at it, it turns to look at her. Yeah. That's real creepy. Um, and you get the, the this Inertia Creeps song from Massive Attack playing and it's very like cool but also sinister. I I don't know how to describe this scene, but I was freaked out by it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that I, you know, after I looked at it, I was just wondering, you know, when does she fall asleep? When does that take over? I mean, in the mirror, you can see obviously that that that's not her look. You know, the, the reflection uh-huh. is something else, and that you can't miss it. It's not very subtle. Whenever you look, you know, I mean, it, it's it's clearly. Uh, there for us to say, okay, there's two people inside this this body or whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't know where they're going with that because um, she seems to be awake. Is it something where whatever is happening to her when she's asleep typically can cross over into her waking life too? Well, I mean, that's, that I, that's, yeah, I mean, that's sort of what I was thinking was that if she's doing this crazy sleep deprivation then mm-hmm. maybe it finds other ways to uh, emerge and which yeah. could make a lot, make for a lot of interesting situations. If you don't really know which tie is you're dealing with, you know what I mean? Yeah. There might even be one at the end of this episode, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was, that was an interesting scene. Um, All right. We go back to 1996. Nat observes Travis talking to Lottie. She's not happy about that. Um, they head out to the wilderness together and agree to split up so that he can search for hobby and she can search for food. Uh, I do wonder, like, every time we see them, you know, they're out here, they're looking for food, but they're kind of looking for hobby more than anything. I wonder how much of the food situation Nat is Nat and Travis are to blame for. Yeah, I, I don't know that we have enough information, but I, I get that sense, too. You know, I mean, obviously the winter moves things around, you know, maybe the, the, the animals go somewhere to different elevations or something at this mm-hmm. time of year. I'm not enough of a, of a mountain person to, to really understand that just, you know, like <laughs> or this, for sure. this could be supernatural too, right? I mean, this could be, could be the darkness or whatever's out there pushing the game away so that they're forced into this starvation situation and they have to start eating each other. We don't yeah. really know what it wants, quote unquote. Yeah, and we'll get into that a little bit more later because I, I, I certainly have some questions that I didn't necessarily have before, and mm-hmm. uh, you know th- it'll make a lot more sense to talk about it then. I think. Okay, but as far as what you're saying about Nat and and Tra- and Travis, I think, uh, you know, 
she's she's the rational one in the in that in that and so i think she's probably just as hungry as everyone else and she's trying to steer them towards getting food so i think mm-hmm. it's probably more than just um his desire to try to find what's going on with Javi, but it's probably not that's probably yeah. not helping the the cause overall right man. right um so let's go back to the current day where Lottie explains to Nat what her cult is all about and she chews out her assistant for giving her the wrong shake. This is the one who got her hand and almost eye stabbed by Nat. Yeah. Uh is this is this hmm. So I'm trying to figure out what they're doing with Lottie in this scene. Is this trying to show us that she is two-faced that on one hand she preaches you know about uh this this healing message of forgiveness and whatever for yourself and then she just bites the head off her assistant for just this minor infraction. Yeah, and you know what's funny is is it, like if you look at the glass, it looks like it's uh, it looks like not disposable. You know, it looks like maybe it's a uh-huh. metal straw and and it's like a nice tumbler of some sort. And she just tosses that in the trash. And I I think all of that is pretty. <laughs> I don't think you know. I think those are all there for a reason. And what I what I thought about. Yeah whenever I was, when I was making my video was that it does a really great job of showing us that she's really good at explaining things away, making them, spinning them in a way that, that sound a lot less uh, dangerous or, uh, you know, just, just generally better. Um, And Mm -hmm. it's also, it also shows us like you can see what she says, but then you can also see what she does. So what Lottie says is one thing, but, but who she really is and what she really does is something else. Right. So Pete, what you just said sounds a lot like a cult leader. Exactly. You know, (laughs) it's, it's, we're not a cult. We're an intentional uh, community that are here to use our trauma to become strength, you know, and and have our best Uh lives. Yeah. That sounds great. But what do you actually do? You know, you, you're, you look kind of abusive towards the people that are, in your flock in that last moment there. So, yeah, I think, right. I think, cause I think what I'm hoping is that as we go through this, there's going to be mul- all of these multiple point of views that, that are happening at once. We're not going to be able to take anybody at their word because they're all in these intense situations. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, so we'll have like what, what we actually see that we know with our eyes, which we'll talk about a little bit whenever we talk about Travis we'll, we'll know what they say and what that, you know, through, you know, what that kind of means through their background. And then, you know, we have to put all that stuff together to become like what the truth actually is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Shauna try still current day. Shauna tries to connect with her daughter, but Callie is very much not into it. Um, this is another of those layers of like, what a character says and what a character does because she told her boyfriend that she was angry because her parents didn't seem to care about her. Mm -hmm. They couldn't care less what she's doing. And then here's Shauna coming into her room saying, Hey, you want to hang out? You know, let's go to the mall. Let's go on a girl's day out. And she's not interested. So clearly she was not preoccupied with her parents being selfish. She's preoccupied with this thing with Adam. What? Yeah. The, the the idea that she found in the grill, right? 
And I mean, also the, the affair, I mean, as a teenager, I'm sure that that's pretty difficult to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, cause you know, that's, I think that's always the situation, right? You love your parents, even when, when you, you hate them when you're a teenager, you know, when they, even when oh, they totally, really yeah. annoy you. And, um, she, now she has like found out that everything she thought about them, uh, wasn't necessarily true. Um, she, she didn't expect that her mom would be stepping out on her father like that. And, um, <laughs> things just escalated from there, you know? Oh yeah. 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 I don't, I don't know if she is going to be kind of the thread that unravels this whole thing. Maybe we can talk about that more with Jake or I guess Matt Yeah, uh, later in the episode, but yeah, she's definitely a weak link in their story. Uh, so Missy tries to get a hold, uh, sorry, sorry, Misty tries to get a hold of Taisa, but she's not answering her phone. So she checks her bureau board post and sees that putting the sick in forensics at putting the sick in forensics has replied to her request for help in hacking the cameras at the motel. And she replies to him to tell him to stop wasting their time. This, Uh, this is looking ever more. the the saying like i think thou dost protest too much right like this Mm -hmm. is misty getting too deep into protesting what is clearly like some good information that he's dug up like yeah it might be an affair and it might be that you know the husband found out or that the mysterious lady friend right uh got tired of it and off the guy yeah it's not a bad interpretation and she is just apparently in there all the time telling him go away your idea is terrible uh everybody's taking notice i mean misty's smart right like she's she is but i wonder how smart well that's what that's what i was just gonna ask you does some of this stuff seem like she's a little bit because that's what i was trying to figure out about this i mean i love this i love this setup i think it's great I'm uh-huh. really looking forward to seeing these two characters together. Um, I, I did think that, yeah, some of the stuff she's doing for as smart as we're led to believe she is, is a little bit sloppy, but then like, you know, whenever yeah. she, whenever she wrote the, the wild goose chases thing, she forgot the wild and just put goose chases. Like that was just so mm-hmm. funny to me that I'm like, <laughs> I'm like willing to let it go. The other stuff, just sort of like the down vote in the last episode, like that stuff is just, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun to watch happen. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> totally. uh, it I is. Don't know. I, it's, so the thing about Misty is she is very smart. She's very capable. Socially, though, socially, Terrible. I don't know how intelligent she is because I think she gets by because people look at her and see kind of a weirdo and then underestimate her. Yeah, this guy this is not guy doing shouldn't, that. Yeah, this guy shouldn't do that, right? Right, right. And I think if you don't do that with Misty, you can see right through the weird, awkward vibe that she's getting off, giving off because she's really just not that socially adept. And so mm-hmm. when she's doing things like downvoting and telling this guy to go away, replying specifically to his post and not to anybody else's, those are clues to other people looking who might understand these things a little closer or a little better that he's on to something. Yep. I agree. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. I was hoping that that URL uh, that they posted in there would go somewhere, but it's not a valid URL. You can't mm. actually go to it. 
there's somebody who said, hey, try this website for the hack. Murderino Uno. Oh, yeah. I like I the know. names they came up with. Those are all pretty good. Yeah, they're fun. Uh, anyway, we go back to 1996. Taisa goes into the meat shed and sees that Shauna has been doing Jackie's makeup. And Ty gets the rest of the group to agree to cremate Jackie's corpse. Not really a bad idea. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, they need to get rid of it, right? I, I don't know. How would you feel if you're out in the wilderness? Let's let's disregard, you know, the all the talking to your friend in your head and uh, cutting off chunks of their flesh. Disregard all that. You're out in the wilderness. You want to bury your friend, but it's not an option. Do you cremate them? Do you wait until? You know the ground thaws a little bit and then bury them but the corpse is also going to thaw at that point it's going to be just a bad scene yeah you I gotta th- cremate them yeah i think cremation is the way to go i mean there's 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 maybe things that you might worry about if you've never cremated a body before which we, we should assume that that none of them have really um but yeah, oh, I think what, what are those things? I've never cremated anyone, so well, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't know either because I'm never, I've never oh, cremated okay. anyone. Um, you know, I thought you had I mean, some experience. You no. know, no, I'm saying that you know, as far as like, there's plenty of cultures that do that 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 burn uh, their dead. Oh yeah. So I guess it's 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 plausible, but I mean, I don't know. I think probably the skeleton stays behind at the end, doesn't it? I mean, sure, that's sort yeah. of the reason why they they did the thing with the dental records and the hands and and the first uh, thing with Adam. So like Mm -hmm. there's going to be that, that's going to be creepy too. Whenever you have, uh, you know, Jackie's bones around the, the, the uh, cabin or whatever. (laughs) But, um, but I mean, otherwise, yeah, I think, especially when you see that, that Shauna is, is hanging out there all the time with her, like that, that Mm -hmm. you're into the situation where that the overall mental health of the entire group, might be jeopardized if like she's doing weird stuff. So I think with, you know, with, um, Ty, I think Ty, it's, it's a pretty good idea to, to get rid of the body, but I think it it's a lot more about kind of how Ty is struggling with her own unexplained stuff. And so that makes her a little bit more prone to call other people out for their weirdness. You know what I mean? Like she's struggling with sure. like, why am I, why do why am I like beating up my, my partner who I have to be tied to so that we can sleep kind of thing. You know, uh, there's like some, some stuff that she can't really sort in her own life. So I, I'm, I'm totally understanding where she's coming from and like being like, this is not okay. And, and really drawing that line there in the way that maybe Lottie isn't in that same scene. Yeah. Like she's angry at herself, right. For, for, sleepwalking and that translates here then to shauna doing what she's doing which i think it's right to be sort of freaked out by that and worried about that nobody else's reaction is to get angry though no yeah and i I thought that was i thought that was one of the smarter choices they made is to to have that come through ty and and have that really speak to who she is and where she's at in her mind you know especially because she was the one trying to help uh shauna earlier right when she found out that she was pregnant um yeah all throughout season one and and she was there Mm -hmm. whenever she was the one that went to her whenever uh shauna was crying in in episode 10 where you know when she finds the body yeah 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I was with Ty on this, uh, but I knew it was going to be hard on Shauna. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, like, if the, the tree stuff doesn't happen and her corpse doesn't get cooked, you could almost see Shauna in the rest of this episode kind of coming to terms with it. I, I think there, there were a few moments where you're like, okay, Shauna's going to be all right. Um, but boy, not after that ending, she won't. Well, if she doesn't do the makeup, I mean, I think she is going to slowly but surely eat a good amount of Jackie over the the, <laughs> the like next it, couple yeah. of weeks. I think once you cross that line, especially as we pointed out that she's 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 pregnant, she's eaten for two, and and there's cravings and everything else that that are you know, I mean, I remember hearing stories of people eating like laundry detergent and. Um, Okay. Other non-edible type things when they were pregnant, just because they had weird, um, you know, weird cravings. So, I would say humans fall into the non-edible category. Yeah, for me anyway, personally. Yeah, I mean, in 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 anything but a survival situation, of course. Of course, of course. All right, uh, let's go to current day again. Ta- uh, Kevin comes by the house to ask Shauna a few questions about Adam. She lies to him, and Callie comes in, bails her out in this scenario, but then asks her why the hell she lied to the cops about Adam. And she claimed it's to protect Jeff's dignity, which nobody is buying. Yeah. Nobody buys. that. (laughs) And and I don't think Shauna was very convincing. I, when she's talking to Kevin, I not at all. I think she started. Okay. But as soon as any crack in her story showed and he said, you know, well, we have text messages. Then she was like, Oh uh, yeah, I had to stay in touch. I'm not in touch with him now. When you first heard him say that we have text messages, weren't you thinking that that meant that he read those text messages and he understands like what their conversations were? I assumed, but that might not be how it works. It yeah, might yeah. Be they can't get the messages themselves, but they can get the records of the exchange happening. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's sort of where I came around to it, too, because I was like, why would you make up lies about something that is so easy to check? Um, that seems really, like, really poor decision making. But um, he doesn't say that we read the we read them. He says we know that there were, you know, text messages back and forth. Still, they if they really do start to think about this, then there's just no reason to give them any information at all. And it Misty's uh, cookie was 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 maybe not the thing that he she, he needed she needed in this conversation with him. But like, uh-huh. um, still the sentiment stands. Don't don't tell them anything you don't need to. Sure, I agree. Because there's no body. I mean, it's not like the, the, Adam's a missing person. He's not. Mm-hmm. It's not an open murder investigation at this point. So, and they tried um, to make it look like he was just gone, right? Like he had packed up and left. Um, yeah, and they mostly covered it. You know, they mostly covered their tracks because they brought Misty mm-hmm. in to consult on the job to make sure that they, you know, they did what they had to. Yeah. Pass the shrooms. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Here are the highlights coming up this week on Bald Move. All new Pulp and Prestige this week. On Tuesday, we'll cover the latest episode of The Walking Dead, The Ones Who Live on Pulp. And on Thursday, we'll catch up with the latest Samurai subterfuge on FX Hulu's Shogun. Then on our House of the Dragon feed, Anthony puts on his Maester's class on Monday. And then on Thursday, Steve joins him for Electric Bookaloo as they continue their discussion of George R. R. Martin's A Clash of Kings. Find these and many of our other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Prestige in your favorite podcast app. All hail the Antler Queen. We're back with Yellow Jackets. Uh, all right, let's go to Thaisa. She gets home, uh, finds Sammy waiting for her inside of her house. She calls Simone to let her know that he's here, and Simone says, I'll come over and get him. This is the setup. We'll see it pay off mm-hmm. later. Um, Misty's at work when someone shows up who piques her interest. I'm not quite sure why he piques her interest. Can can you explain, like, what is it about maybe the conversation or it's particularly his shoes and socks? Well, that, <laughs> yeah, what is the deal here? If you remember back to the, um, the, the, the date that she had in, in the first season when she was mm-hmm. like, she was trying to get the guy to tell, you know, like what he was into or whatever. And she's like walks on the beach and uh, muscular calves was one of the things that she, that she said (laughs) that she was into. (laughs) And so that's what I thought of whenever I saw it was that he had these pulled up socks and it's just like, man, those, those calves are just on display there for for someone that has that, that kind of uh, um, a thing that they're into. Um, sure i could yeah, see it I, I don't know though i think i think it was a little bit um i mean i think she's probably nosy about anything that happens there i mean it's kind of her personality to kind of know what's going on or whatever and he was the way he was talking you know it it, it might have caught her interest otherwise but um it, it really did just feel like a setup though so that she would notice him whenever he walked by i don't, I don't know if he did anything other than that yeah, it, it felt like a little bit the show leading me in a direction mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where it typically doesn't do that. Like here, it wanted me to notice that she's noticing him, though yeah. I couldn't really see a reason for her to notice him beyond the calves, the magnificent <laughs> Elijah Wood calves. I mean, he the the, the look he gives her is is amazing. It, it, it's yes. really it's really the the thing that makes it all work is just that, that little sly smile. Cause I mean, she's never met him as far as we know. And she does, she certainly doesn't think that he's this poster that she's waiting for a reply from, you know? So it's, it's something yeah. else altogether. Yeah. Um, and then when she goes to get her lunch, she finds an envelope waiting for her and inside is apparently a blank piece of paper. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll see here in a bit what that comes to. Uh, we go back to 1996. Nat and Travis meet back up after searching for Javi and food. Nat shows him a bloody pair of shorts, uh, Javi shorts that she claims she found on a branch and tells him that he's gone. But in reality, we see that she faked the whole thing. Yeah. Good intentions is coming from a good place, I think. Um, but it, it having watched TV shows before um, and and paying attention to what happens, I mean, I feel like this is is definitely something that's gonna cause her problems in the future. This decision, 
Yeah, I mean, there's a reason they hadn't spoken for a while, right? In in as adults, and I don't mm-hmm. think it's all just well, she was away at rehab or something. Um, yeah, I, I fully expect that this will come out at some point. She'll either yeah. feel guilty about it and tell him, or he'll find something she dropped in Javi's suitcase or something. Who knows? But or Javi will just that. show back up at, at some point. I mean, why, why is it that I don't expect Javi to ever show back up? Well, I mean, because he shouldn't. Technically, right, he's been be lost in the wilderness in, in yeah. <laughs> the freezing cold for months. No jacket, right, right. nothing. He just ran off after uh, after Doom coming yeah. and has been gone for two months. And they're they're struggling to keep it together at the cabin. So it it and he's younger than them. I mean, he's a he's a kid. So everything mm-hmm. is so decidedly pointed to there's no way that this guy's alive that I, I just keep finding myself thinking, well, then he must, he must be alive. Right. Otherwise, um, where's huh. there a payoff in this at all? You know, like there's, it, it's not going anywhere except, I mean, cause it's like this right here is the emotional payoff for, um, for, for Travis. If he believes that, that that's really his pants, then he, he mourns, you know? So, so then where does it go from there? You know, like, I feel like, yeah, he should not be able to survive. So that he's going to be a vehicle to introduce something else, you know, like however he survived is going to be something that's going to be important to the group in in some way. Um it could be that or it could be um as an adult, right? Cuz we know Travis is haunted by something as an adult. Um he makes it out, but if if Javi comes back to him, similar to the way Laura Lee is seen to come back at the end mm. of this episode. Yeah. Um and we, and we're we know that she died on the island, so or on the island in the wilderness. Uh, <laughs> I think it lost here. Yeah, a little slip uh, there, <laughs> right? Uh, we we know that she died uh, in the wilderness, so it could be something like that. Like he comes back twenty years later, and and that's what kind of pushes Travis to do all this stuff that he does in this episode. Where did you come down on this? Did you think that was a good good move for her to do this, or? Uh, no, ultimately I think it's a bad idea to lie to him, but I understand why she did it. Yeah. A, A, I think it is interfering with their mission to find food. I think having two people looking for food is probably better than having one person. It's very dangerous to split up in the wilderness like this. One of them could get injured and just never come back. Um, but more than that, I think like. Yeah, it's just, what if he does show back up? You know, I I know it's not likely, but if Nat tells him this and then she, he shows back up alive, well, I mean, that's just going to ruin whatever you have with Travis, right? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that, that anybody's going to say to him when he comes in is like, we were so worried when we found those pants, <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. And he'll be like, what are you talking about? I have the same exact pants I had on when I left, you know? I, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> uh-huh yeah I, I yeah i think it was a good setup though i really like i really like what they're doing here with these two um you know because she wants she just wants the best for him and she makes a bad decision in the process of trying to make that happen and um and, and i think she's right about lottie like giving him false hope or potentially false hope because like it doesn't look good right he's been out there for so long in the cold yeah. How could he survive? And Lottie's saying, no, I feel it. I feel it. He's alive. Um, so, so I'm with her on that, 
too, even though I'm not with her on lying to Travis, you know? Yeah, you'd like to say like the the right way to do it would be to sit him down, have an intervention or whatever and say, look, right. we, we understand why you want him to still be out there, but you have to start thinking about reality. You know, this yeah. kid, we all love him and we, we're really, it's really awful the way this all played out, but like, how could he possibly still be alive out there? Like how- You how saw could... what happened to Jackie in one night and she had a yeah. coat, right? Right. You know, and that's going to be like... hard. Mm hmm. But no, you're right. That's what needs to happen. But that that's weird. It's also another thing that I hadn't really thought about until right this second. And it's just that, you know, everyone's starting to look at Lottie as as the leader. You know, mm -hmm. you kind of see that a bit. Not everyone, but most of the the non main people, I guess um, you kind of see them looking to her and sort of waiting for her to weigh in before they make any decisions and stuff like that. Right now, no one is doing the things that they need to do in that way, which is like, yeah, we need to confront Shauna about sitting with Jackie for two months, you know, Jackie's corpse for two months. We need to talk to Travis about our hunter, you know, like one of two in the hunting squad. We need to we need to talk to him about what's really going on with him and make sure he's OK with the fact that his brother is probably dead, you know. Mm -hmm. So it, you would like to think, hey she could talk to him instead and, and just explain it. But you, you kind of get the idea that he's in a place just like Shauna was in a place when people were asking her if she was all right, that she can't really confront the thing that that's going on at the moment, you know? Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, let's go back to current day where Lottie explains to Nat how Travis died. He was apparently trying to quote unquote, confront the darkness by getting close to death but he got a little too close and he ended up dying. And she leaves out this detail about seeing Laura Lee's corpse <laughs> screaming at her. Yeah. Um, Nat swears she's going to stop her bullshit, but she can't leave because it's too late. So she's got to spend the night there. Yeah. And like I said, I, I this is one of those things where I wonder uh, about why he was so freaked out right at this moment. Um Right why he calls Lottie instead of, of Nat or somebody else. And, um, what, yeah, it, it makes how me much think of what, how much Tommy, of what her story that she said, can we believe, you know? Sure. Sure. I mean the show. So, so when the show shows us things, I'm much more likely to believe them. Right. If it had showed me, uh, Nat finding pants on a tree branch, I would have believed that, but it showed mm -hmm. me her digging around in the suitcase. Right. True. So I believe that. I don't think the show is being dishonest here with the way it happened. Uh, but maybe I'm just being naive. I don't know. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think that it's probably a combination like the He, he was freaked out. She did go there. You know, all of that, I think, tracks with, mm -hmm. with what really happened. I think largely what she says makes sense as far as him want, thinking that these other people had a connection with this entity by near-death experiences um all of that might be his motivation but yeah like as far as what's actually happening I, one thing that i missed when i watched it the first time and i don't i don't know if if you saw this or not um i didn't see this until someone commented on my video about it and uh, i had to go back and look because the way i saw it was that obviously we saw where his body was when nat and misty discovered him in episode 
or season one. So whenever you're watching this, you're like, but he's right at the lower at the ground. You know what I mean? Like this is totally different than, than where he ends up. Right. And, um, the way I, the way I experienced it when I watched it the first time was seeing her turn around after her vision and see him up in the air. Like, and that made me think, well, if she was wrong about where he was, then maybe there's more going on there. But I noticed that when she turns, when she's having the vision of, of, of Laura Lee, you can see his body start to go up in the background. Yeah. So that, that becomes more of a question of like, is whatever showing her this vision actually the thing that's making him go up? And that's the reason why the buttons didn't work. And yeah, so I'm kind of coming around on it and thinking that it's more true than I originally thought. And that, um, as ridiculous as that sounds, it's probably because there's other forces at play and that's why the buttons didn't work. Yeah, no, I think you're right. That's how I'm interpreting it too. Um, because I did notice him on second watch, not on the first mm-hmm. watch. I did notice him rising up as she turns. Yeah, I missed uh, that, and that was a big. It was a big. Like I, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about it um, <laughs> incorrectly because I wasn't thinking that that happened. So uh, yeah, it happens. Yeah, uh, it, it, but that scene is just so creepy, right? Because like him raising up, it's almost supernatural, right? You can imagine. Yes. Okay, well, she threw the controller down, and and the or maybe she's seeing Laura Lee and her hand still on the button accidentally or something. And the crane's going up or you can imagine it as like the darkness is pulling him up to, to kill him. Right. Yeah. Um, as Laura Lee is coming in, uh, clearly her, her, her corpse. Uh, I, I don't know what it is. It's, it's, I don't know if this is a Lottie vision with Laura Lee or if this is something that anybody else who was in the room could see. Yeah, I was a little bit confused on that too because my initial thought was that we're seeing it as a vision and like because it looks like she's in the attic of the cabin, which is not where Lottie is in real time. But I don't know. You could say that for sure. Um, I don't know if Mm -hmm. it's just a feeling or if it's you know it's it's a vision. It's it feels like uh, something that you can't really you know say for sure uh, you know something that's uh it's, it's through her experience of what what she's feeling when she sees that so right and that's mixed in with like her scenes of getting the electroshock therapy mm-hmm. um it being the baptized to, to stop yeah. her visions and yeah yeah so there's a lot going on there <laughs> that's absolutely the yeah um what, one other thing about that is that um you know with with travis when she says that he said that not to call Nat um, because she thought that, that he would, she would make it worse. That, that, that was, that felt a little bit like maybe she was twisting Nat too, because hmm. she's talking to Nat. She's saying that she's telling her this stuff to, you know, to help her uh, to give her closure or whatever. And, and that just seemed like more of like just a, a rib than anything else. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I, if I was telling that story, hmm. I might just leave that detail out because this person who I'm trying to help is, is feeling terrible at the moment. I mean, she knows that that's going to make yeah. her, you know, uh, I mean, the trouble is Nat's like, why didn't you have, you should have had to call me. And she, I guess she could have said, well, I just didn't think about it. You know, yeah. like he was, it all happened so fast and we just didn't right, really, right. you know, but uh, instead she's like, no, he actually did right before he died. He said that he did not want to talk to you because you would just make things worse. You know, it yeah, it makes bit... me wonder what's going to go down with them uh, between them in the wilderness, 
because they're already butting heads. Um, is there going to be like a battle for Travis's soul or whatever uh, between Lottie and her? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it, I I think that the the stuff that's going on in the past really helps what's going on in the in the present because at, at so far, I mean, adult Travis isn't isn't that important to everything else that's been going on. He's really been more of a you know a motivating factor for Nat and her her adult mm-hmm. story than something that we're really trying to get to the bottom of or something, you know. So yeah. All right, let's go back to Taisa. We're still in the current day here. She fell asleep and Sammy apparently went out the window. Uh Simone and her leave to go find him. Still teasing us with these Taisa scenes. Get to pay off here in a bit. Yeah, one thing though I wanted to say going back and watching it again though is is how obviously Sammy is not Sammy in those scenes. Um Oh, really? I before. couldn't tell. Yeah, because you know, he was always kind of like afraid of of Taisa, you know, in in the first season like same kind of situation where he loves her but he's he's scared because he's seen some things. Um Sure. And when you watch when you watch these now, he's so happy to be there, and he's like just like uh, he just looks like a whole different. It looks like her her the way she would imagine him rather than the way he, we've seen him before. I think. Yeah, some wishful thinking. Uh, okay, we go to nineteen ninety six. The girls prepare to burn Jackie's corpse. Shauna fights to let her keep the jacket, even though it's freezing, and the other girls could use it. Um, and. W- Importantly, I think if you're keeping track of this sort of stuff, and I most definitely am, the heart pendant makes its way from Jackie's neck back onto Shauna, which we know, obviously, that's not where it ends up, because it ends up in that pit that we see in the opening moments of the show. Mm -hmm. So So did you read this as she wanted to protect her friend, like, you know, give her some kind of dignity, or is she trying to she doesn't want to take it off because people are going to see that she cut a, a slice out of her arm. Yeah. I think it's the latter. Um, yeah. they, they do enough in this scene to tell me that, but they did some, some stuff in the previous scene. Like I mentioned with Jackie saying, you know, how are you going to explain that away? Yeah. Well, how do you explain away a big cut on her arm? So, yeah, that's what I thought too. I was reading something right before we, we recorded this with the cr- creators and they were saying like oh they she wanted to to really protect her friend and 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 the way you know the dignity of of things but i was like well why did you have that whole thing of her pulling the sleeve down and lottie seeing that at the end then yeah uh probably because they'll need lottie to know some stuff about that later yeah so that's a plot thing right there Mm mm-hmm uh, all right, we go back to current day. Callie is at a bar with her friend. She flirts with a guy and gets him to buy her a drink. And they reveal some of their background and seem to hit it off. Uh, this scene, I don't know about this scene, man. Uh, how old is Callie? 16, Teenager. yeah? Yeah. How'd she, must she have get a really bar? good fake ID, I guess. Can a, can a cop... I don't think this is legal. I don't think what he's doing is is kosher, man. He's buying an underage kid a drink to get Someone information about her while underage. he's off the clock. Yeah. Yeah, I thought this was a little bit loose, the whole... I mean, everything. Even Kevin just showing up at her house, to to go back a little bit with that, it, it all felt a little, a little forced. Um, I mean, I think the indication is, is that 
they were both at their place and he follows her, right? He fall, he's not, it's not just random oh, okay. that, that he sees Callie. I think that, that um, he follows her there. And so it's not really so mm. much about, so I guess if we think it like that, then it's more about the fact that this guy it will do things that you're not supposed to do. Like it's establishing him as a guy who has a, you know, he, he, he's, he's okay with bending the rules to try to uh, solve a case or whatever. But yeah, like I, I that kind of took me out of when I was watching it too. I was like, so this cop is like, really, I mean, not that I don't put it, you know, put I, like I think about police and something that they're always following things by the book or something like that or whatever. Sure, but I mean, sure. this is a character we haven't met yet. And so you're trying to figure out what's going on. And then, you know, you're like, wait, he's buying a teenager shots, you know, like, isn't there a different yeah. way he could have tried uh, to go there or something? Uh, you know, I mean, there's no way this evidence is admissible. Um, and, and the, 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 it's, I forget what the doctrine is called, but there's like this fruit of a rotten seed sort of thing where like, mm -hmm. if you get evidence in this way that leads to other evidence, that it's evidence that. is yeah. also inadmissible. Uh, yeah, yeah. so it, there's, uh, yeah. And I think Kevin is right later. He chastises him, right? Cause he mm -hmm. comes to him and says, yeah, I figured this out. And, and Kevin's like, no, you're, you're going way too fast here, but he doesn't say anything about like. Hey, you probably shouldn't have bought a sixteen-year-old a shot at a bar. <laughs> they totally overlook it. The whole there, there's no one. I don't think that'll ever come back up either. I think it's just that's the way they decided to do it. Was they were they wanted to show that, um, you know, Callie wasn't reacting well to what's happening, and so she's at mm -hmm. a bar day drinking. I mean, she she says day drinking and and kind of elicits that idea of like this is this is not good. No, not you know, this is not a good thing that's happening here for this character. Right. So. Yeah, it, it, I, I'll tell you, it wasn't my favorite scene. Uh, I, yeah. I didn't care for that, but whatever. I, I um, agree with you. Let's go back to 1996. Nat and Travis return to the cabin. Lottie sees the tattered, bloody pants and says, Javi's not dead. Nat gets angry about that, confronts her, but they're interrupted by Shauna going over to Jackie's body and saying goodbye and burning it. And then Travis... Also, kind of piggybacks a little bit on that um, to say goodbye to Javi as well. It, it that felt a little bit tacked on though, didn't it? I mean, like this is the end. <laughs> this is the this is the send off for for uh -huh. for that kid that we all liked in the first season, Javi. Yep, just throw those pants on the fire. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll probably be more than that. I hope. But that's yeah, what I'm I saying. Mean... Like that's another thing that makes me think that this kid is definitely coming back some point. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, it was also surprising to me that they just left before the body even really started burning. I guess they didn't want to, Shauna maybe, but like the rest of them probably want to make sure this thing burns, right? Yeah. It doesn't just, oh, I don't know, cook to a nice golden brown. That's what I thought was going to happen whenever they did. Like when I was watching, I was like, oh, they're not going <laughs> to, it's going to turn out that they didn't really set it up right. And so it's going to cook instead of burning up, you know? I didn't oh, foresee man. that the the snow was going to fall in, mm -hmm. but I did like I did like the words here, like the way that she sends her off. Um, it was a lot more fitting than than Javi's uh, Javi's send off, but um, sure, just sort of that idea of like I don't know where you, you you know where I end and you begin, and um, I'll never have another friend with you. I thought that or another friend like you, you know, I thought that really hit pretty good because. 
you know, when you think about that time of your life, uh, you, you really don't have relations like your relationships like that beyond that period of time. You know, it's that weird time where you're going from being a kid to being an adult. And, um, it's mm-hmm. just, you know, there's just, you, you, you end up going through that with people and having these situations that just, just don't come up later on again in life, you know? So, um, yeah, forms I thought that was, I thought that was pretty, pretty, pretty good. I thought that landed pretty well. I think it's weird that Nat chose pants as like the hobby identifier. Like there weren't any t-shirts in there that his brother might recognize. Cause pants are pretty nondescript, right? They're mm-hmm. just cargo pants. Yeah. Telling me like Ty doesn't have a pair of cargo pants or <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Akil was like, those are hobbies. Like she knew right away. Um, yeah. I thought that was weird. I couldn't tell you what my brother's cargo pants look like, but I could tell you what his t-shirt looks like. Maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I didn't think too deeply about it, but now that you bring it up, it's a little bit, it's a little bit of stretch. Maybe he didn't bring any shirts didn't pack any shirts whatsoever i don't know uh anyway let's move on to current day again nat decides not to change into the cult uniform that lottie provided for her and tries to sleep but she's seeing visions of a hospital trip seems like she's being it seems like it's her and she's being given oxygen and she's on a gurney and being wheeled through somewhere i think yeah, I, I don't think it, I thought it was in, I, I didn't, I didn't pick up on the, is on she the, stationary? I, I thought so, but oh, okay. um, it, you can't really tell. I mean, the the main thing yeah. about that is you can't really tell it, it's somebody has my, my takeaway from it is that they were, there's a lot of talk about near death experiences, obviously with Travis and that this mm-hmm. is one that Nat herself did experience. So what does that mean? I mean, I, I guess I'll right. just say that it's most likely that she OD'd, I guess, because we know she's a drug addict. It looks like Travis mm-hmm. is there in the background or, in, you know, you can see him whenever the EMTs move. Um, okay. So is, it, is this a time? Because so the reason Travis says he's doing gives for doing the things he's doing is to try and get close to the darkness mm-hmm. or get close to death so that he can figure out what the darkness wants. So he's seeing something related to the darkness when he's close to death. This is not close to death. They don't tell us that she saw anything, but do you think that's a possibility? Yeah, I think that that's the the natural thing that you you know you get you, that's the natural place you get to when you think about what's happening here is that yeah she 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 probably has something because you know it's sort of like how Ty is so against everything that Lottie says because she has real supernatural kind of stuff going on. So Mm -hmm. she doesn't want to believe that, that it's real. You know, it it, it felt the same way like that to me. Like um, you, you, she would like to believe, and and this came up in the, in the past when she said that, that Travis didn't believe in any of this stuff. And then we see him, if what Lottie told us is true, he's making the symbol around his thing and he's trying to, have a near death experience to get closer to this, this entity. So he actually did believe yeah. in it. Uh, maybe a lot, you know, he, he might not mm-hmm. have wanted to have anything to do with it, but he, he certainly believed there was something there. And so, yeah, so you get into this idea of like, 
what does she want to remember about Travis? She wants to remember that he never really, he never really cared about that stuff. He always really cared about her and this connection that they have together and the way that they had, you know, in their adult lives, you know, the things were bad, but they always had each other. And that was enough. You know what I mean? Um, that's the sense I got. So, so she has yeah. maybe something that she's hiding. That's something that she's seen that might make her, more susceptible to whatever it is Lottie's telling her and that, that, that there might be something to it basically. And, and there's something of a, it, it seems to me that this is happening much later, right after they get back from uh, the wilderness and maybe it's something where she feels maybe angry at herself in a way because she didn't believe it for so long. And then she had this experience. Um, yeah. That Maybe. made me think, man, all of that, those times I told Travis, this is not real. It's not possible, whatever. Um, I was wrong about that, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure they'll give us more information on that soon enough. Uh, we go to Misty reading the note that putting the sick in forensics <laughs> left her, inviting her to pretend to be the FBI and interrogate a guy who's been living at the motel uh, the next day. Probably Randy, right? I mean, Randy, we saw he was living there. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's which amazing. Is, which is going to be awesome because he, he, uh, he would be someone that they'd like to talk to because he knows about, um, he's like the only person besides, uh, Jeff and Shauna that knows something about that blackmail. Uh huh. But he also knows Misty, so if they go in and repping like they're uh, FBI agents, that's not really going to work exactly. True, and yeah, foren- the sick and forensics doesn't know that. So, mm-hmm. I, I yeah, I hope it's Randy. That would be a lot of fun. I just just before we we go away from these two characters, like how perfect is this as a you know, getting like as a way to get Misty's attention, you know, like mm-hmm. she, he's got this, he finds out where she works. He, he, he puts a note in her thing. It's a puzzle that she has to solve. You know what I mean? Um, he's, he's offering her a date. That's like impersonating law enforcement to solve a case. It's all for a good purpose. And you get to go and, you know, do this thing that that's really exciting. I mean, this is like, this is like right up Misty's alley, like a hundred percent, right? Oh yeah. I mean, a, a first date with Misty is either this or an escape room. So take yeah. your pick. She's yeah, probably so, bored of escape rooms by now. Yeah. So I, I think that this is going to be a, a lot of fun because she's supposed to be in opposition to this guy. She's supposed to be trying to stop him from, from getting too close to Shauna. And right. uh, he just happens to be that, that perfect thing. But it also has to make you wonder a little bit, right? I mean, he, is he just upset about this post that he made and she didn't like, you know, she downvoted it and he, he thinks she's shitting on his theories. Like, I mean, he, he found out where she worked. He, he, he found out where, you know, which lunchbox was hers. Like there's a lot of mm-hmm. stuff going on here that might give you red flags about this, this new character that he might have other motives uh, than just wanting to um, hang out with Misty. Oh yeah. I mean, I think, he wants to crack this case. I don't know if he's trying to use Misty as a tool to that end, or if he's trying to just get her, you know, come, come to some understanding where she'll stop working against him and work with him. Right. Um, 
but I, I don't know. The, the former is more interesting, I guess. Yeah. So I hope it's that. I'm I'm looking forward to it either way. I think this is you know this as far as the the present day timeline stuff is concerned, this is the most uh, fun setup that they've had. Uh, a lot of the oh, stuff yeah. that we were just talking about with Callie and Kevin Tan <laughs> and all that, I could take it or leave it. But um, you know uh-huh. this this is something that I'm getting pretty excited about seeing how it plays out. All right, let's go back to Fake Jake, who's actually Matt. Uh, tells Kevin that he talked with Callie and found out that Shauna was cheating on her husband. He wants to bring her in, but Kevin thinks they need more information first. Uh, Matt questions whether he's going easy on Shauna because they knew they knew each other, um, but Kevin denies it. Yeah, and it's a little bit like I said. It's like, well, what? It's not like they found Adam's body and they got this hot murder case. It's just a missing persons thing. So. It feels a little contrived, I think. Yeah, I I thought this guy was going to be like a doofus cop. He plays a doofus cop in Stranger Things, and I thought, okay, uh, when I saw him in the trailer, he was going to be that again. He strikes me as like a smart guy, um, probably very effective at his job, but a little overeager. He's mm-hmm. not, you know, he hasn't been on the job long. He, he's trying to make a name for himself, right? Yeah, yeah. Or maybe he's just so like thrilled to be doing this job that he's pushing really hard to to do it quickly um but either way yeah he's not doing it the right way he's not doing it the way that is actually going to get a conviction if they find out that shauna did this so kevin's a little more experienced uh then we go to 1996 travis has sex with nat but he is seeing lottie the entire time also, the trees outside drop a bunch of snow on Jackie's corpse, and it <laughs> lowers the heat of the fire, let's say. Doesn't put it out, just sets it to a nice simmer. We need to hide this body. We'll be right back after this. FX is adapting James Clavell's best-selling novel, Shogun, into a 10-part miniseries this spring. Set in the shogunate period of Japan at the turn of the 15th century, Shogun depicts the rise of a feudal lord to Shogun, as seen through the eyes of a shipwrecked English sailor. It's loosely based on the real-life exploits of William Adams and Tokugawa Ieyasu. Shogun has already been successfully adapted back in 1980 with a widely acclaimed miniseries starring Richard Chamberlain, featuring intricate plots, political scheming, complex characters, and thrilling action. This time, husband and wife team Justin Marks and Rachel Kondo try to recapture the successes of the novel and early adaptations while increasing the levels of historical and cultural accuracy that are often perceived as flaws of this and similar works. Starring Hiroyuki Sonata from The Last Samurai, Mortal Kombat, and John Wick 4, with Cosmo Jarvis of Peaky Blinders, Raised by Wolves, etc., joining the truly massive cast required to bring this complex world to life. Join Aaron and I each week as we deep dive into each episode, uncovering the mysteries, the intrigue, and the glory of Shogun. Shogun premieres on FX Hulu Tuesday, February 27th at the two-part debut. Our podcast will release each Thursday thereafter. Get our Shogun coverage by searching for Bald Move Prestige in your favorite podcast app. How you doing, buddy? You, you don't know what it's like out there. Hey, man, do you even know what it's like out there? 
No, not really. I've been mostly kind of flying around in helicopters, carving likenesses of Michonne into cell phones, that kind of thing. What is it like out there? Oh, well, I think it's time to find out, man. Last I saw your wife, Michonne, was out uh, following a giant wagon train. That, that sounds pretty weird, but it seems like a family-friendly outfit. I mean, she's got RJ and Judah with her, right? Um, actually, she kind of left them to be raised by... Negan and Daryl. Well, crap. Hold on, let me get my boots. All right, well, Rick is getting ready. Aaron and I are too. We're preparing to once again recommission the Watching Dead out of mothball status to find out what's going on with Rick and Michonne, the ones who live. The six-part miniseries premieres Sunday, February 25th on AMC, and we'll be ready with our full episodic coverage each Tuesday. And afterwards, who knows? Maybe we'll check out Dead City. Find our coverage for The Ones Who Live by searching for The Watching Dead or Bald Move Pulp wherever you listen to podcasts. The lady in the tree is watching you. Welcome back to more Yellow Jackets. So what did you think about Lottie showing up at that intimate moment? I don't know what to think. I, I just kept flashing back in my head to when she calmed him um yeah was that that was last season uh near the no, end of last no season. that was uh just the last episode was that last episode man you mean the boner yeah <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> yeah that was last okay episode. yeah uh yeah my head kept flashing back to that um there's some kind of connection that formed from that maybe um emotionally spiritually i don't know yeah i i I mean when i first saw this i thought it was odd you know it it definitely has an the effect and everything is is weird um it's not it's not very sexy you know like when you're watching it you're like wow this is hot you know like this it's 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 weird um i mean teen sex is never that sexy anyway well yeah i guess that's sure I guess that's true. <laughs> but um the the thing I you know I was thinking about it though is that at first it's you can't help but think about it in that context because Natalie it's not the only thing that's going on with her but she does have some regular teen jealousy, right? I mean like she's yeah, yeah. she's worried and um So I was looking at it and I was like, "Well, yeah, but but Lottie's not really there. Like she's kind of almost helping." You know, like she's not distracting mm-hmm. yeah. him from from uh, Nat. She's sort of like just there to make sure that that he's 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 into it or something like and that they're you know, everything is fine. And, and she's just sort of. Yeah. And like you, you said, the word spiritual and that that's sort of where I was at. I was like, either this is supernatural, like it's actually Lottie, you know, like being in, in his thoughts in that way or. It's just like the question of like, well, he's he's sort of torn in between because he he loves Nat. I mean, I think that part is pretty clear and everything that's going on there is is genuine. But then he's also he also wants to believe that that Javi's still alive and and Lottie's the one that can can provide that for him right now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it just kind of shows that he's more open to to what's going on, what, what Lottie's offering than than what um nat's offering um and then you know i I read some of the stuff that they said about it after that and that's kind of what they were going for was that um 
it's kind of like his internal conflict. Not that he wants to be with Lottie as his, his, his as his wife or his girlfriend or something like that instead sure, of that, sure. but just that he has this thing in his head where he's he's his heart is drawn away from her in, in some sense in, in, in that he's looking for spirituality, if not like not maybe not supernatural, but the the, the spiritual yeah, like guidance. Yeah, something that will make him feel better than than what the reality does you know which goes along nicely you know with the the idea that lottie was there during his death right and then that was not i think they're they're reinforcing that with the stuff they're doing in the current day timeline yeah i mean that would all make all that a whole lot more um believable that he called her and that she went there and yeah and all that stuff because at the end of season one none of that really would have made sense based on what we knew about the characters from from each other especially nat's mm-hmm. nat's point of like you know he didn't believe in any of that like that was something that was pretty character defining because we didn't know that much about adult um travis so that's what we had to go off of and just thought that you know those two were probably on one side and it was it was in opposition to uh you know van and 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 lottie and the ones that that really believed in what she was doing Mm -hmm. yeah it was more complicated than that i'm looking forward to seeing how we kind of get around to that and i guess how he hides that from her and what kind of relationship they had in the you know the the current day timeline yeah. Um, we kind of already talked about the supernatural snowdrop. Um, yeah. I don't know that we necessarily need to rehash it. No, I mean, I just think the, the bottom line is that it looks like point of view. You know, it looks like that you're seeing yep. this from yep. from the, the, you know, the, the that something is making that happen because there's no characters involved. You know, nobody else is seeing this. It's not distorted by anybody's right. interpretation. It's just something that, that we see as the viewer that's for us. And to me, that's what it, it's, it, I just not against it. You know what I mean? If they want to go full supernatural, that, that can be fine. You know, I can get uh-huh. into a show that's about that. It just felt like it was way more direct than, than what I was expecting from, you know, yellow jackets to this point. Yeah. The, the one other time I could think that they've done something like this, which really kind of tipped a hand is another POV shot where they show the thing whatever it is flying in the cabin of the window and kind of hitting Lottie um, uh, when yeah. she's possessed right when they're doing the like mm. seance thing or whatever Um, you're right that was the one time they did like a POV so maybe they're leaning into that again trying to tell us more clearly yeah this is supernatural because it certainly felt it mm-hmm. anyway let's go back to current day while they're driving, Simone gets a call from Sammy's school saying he's waiting for her to pick him up, which is weird. <laughs> and Thaisa realizes that Sammy never actually came to her house. Simone tells her, you need to get some help. But then they get into a massive car wreck. And this is where it all pays off. The, mm-hmm. the shot of Thaisa looking at herself in the mirror, the setup for these two scenes that we've had before with this. The weird Sammy that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Did she intend to get in a wreck? I think, I mean, it looks like it. It really does. It really does, right? She's looking it through the passenger, toward the passenger side. So she can that's see where the truck hits them. Yeah. 
right. Like, she would see that coming, right? Yeah, unless she was just and I mean there's two there's two possible choices. Uh I mean there's a question of who's who's actually driving at that point, which yes. we can talk about in a second. But I mean, there's two possible choices here that she's so, you know, she's she's so sleep deprived that she's just out of it and she doesn't know what's going on. And mm-hmm. so therefore she doesn't really see it. And the other one, the one that it really looks like, if you if you take it into consideration, the look that she gives right before she does it, the uh-huh. fact that she can't really hear like we can hear Simone talking, but the but the sound is turned all the way down. So you, it's like she's not really even paying attention to it, mm-hmm. and it seems like she hits the gas uh, intentionally, also. Mm-hmm. But I can't say for for a hundred percent that that happens. Yeah, that's I have to listen to hear if the engine cranks up there. Yeah, but I think that's the more likely thing is that saying that she did this on purpose. Yeah, for me, it's almost entirely the look on her face the that look. sells it. Like it's so subtle. But it's there. Yeah, I was going to say, this is Tawny Cypress showing us that um, Ty's in a different place, right? This is not a Ty look. Uh, If you think back to season one, there's – or no, episode one, I should say. There's one where she's looking at at Sammy – or not Sammy, but um, what's the dog's name? Uh, Oh, I can't Uh, remember. Steve. Steve. Yeah, good old Steve. Uh, Steve, who I'm very worried about, um, and mm-hmm. and hope hope he, nothing bad ever happens to him ever. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah, like he, there's a shot in that fir- that first episode where she's looking at him because he keeps barking and she's upset, and it's, it's not the same person. You know what I mean? Like it's a yeah. it's an angry look, but this is something that's just laser focused. And so, I guess my question for you is then: Does that indicate that we're seeing the bad tie? Uh, the the sleepwalking tie in this moment. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I really believe... do think so. And I I think the ends here is to get Sammy back. Yeah, and and Simone is a, is in the way of that, right? Yep. Yeah, and and putting, you know, a truck through the passenger side of this car where Simone is sitting is a pretty good way to get rid of her. Yeah. And, and I mean, I guess, you know, if you don't want to make it about Sammy, you could say that it's just about like, because I mean, Ty knows that something's going on with her with sleepwalking. It has since she was a teenager. Uh-huh. And maybe it went away for most of her adult life until right now. But either way, the smart thing to do is what Simone is saying, right? Get help. Like, this is not something that you need to work through yourself or or just drink coffee and never fall asleep again. Like, you should <laughs> probably go find out what's going on with you, right? Uh huh. Yeah. But there might be, you know, there might be something going on where there's, you know, this thing protects itself and its existence or whatever and, and won't let her, um, you know, go get help or be pushed in that direction. You know, you don't really know yet. Yeah, I, I wondered, I, I didn't rewind because I'm just thinking of this, actually. I didn't rewind it to go see if there's like a continuity to her consciousness here. Um, if like maybe you see her drift off nod not off or something in this scene before this but i'm it, it felt to me like one moment it was taisa the next moment it was the the yeah you know like evil a switch lady almost, sits in the tree right yeah it's I, I don't think you can say for sure i think it's it's left pretty ambiguous because she might have just fell asleep before she saw sammy you know what I mean? And the whole thing might be fugue, fugue state related if, if she's just calling Simone sure. in the fugue state in the first place. But I don't think it really 
really like differentiates unless I missed it. I mean, it's possible, but I I didn't see anything. Okay. Yeah. I'm really interested to see where where that goes because clearly like the darkness wants some people alive. The darkness wants things. If this is part of it, what does it want with Sammy? Right. Because this, mm-hmm. to me, feels like a way to get Simone out of the way so she can get Sammy back. It definitely, that that definitely is the most compelling reason why it would be happening. Yeah, because because Sammy had a lot of interactions with the bad one before, as far as we can tell, with all the drawings and everything else. Like this, he's he's someone that really does know that it exists compared to not many other people um, in her adult life, yeah. anyways. And he's kind of identified it as like. A different person right whereas yeah. like simone sees the dog head alter and is like you're messed up you need to go get help but she thinks it's still taisa yeah whereas her kid thinks it's somebody else entirely uh all right and let's go back to 1996 for the final time here in the episode the teens wake up in the night to the smell uh of jackie's corpse cooked to perfection they all go outside, see it golden brown, and Shauna can't resist. She cuts off a piece, and everybody digs in as we see an imagined scene of them having a grand meal, uh, a.k.a. a bacchanal, if you will. Yeah. Uh, I'm not up to date on my Greek mythology, but I understand this might be a Dionysus sort of thing. Dionysus yeah. related. Yeah, I, I think that's what the internet tells me when I look it up. Um, <laughs> me too. Which, if you don't know, um, the Dionysus god of some good things, god of some bad things, uh, fruit, harvest, uh, fertility, festivity, insanity, um, ritual madness, religious ecstasy, and theater. I don't know, I'll throw that last one in there for good measure, I guess. <laughs> I, I think, you know, from, from looking at not through that lens, like looking at it just as a, um, you know, a television show that I'm watching currently. I mean, it, I think the thing that I would take away if I didn't look any of that stuff up is this, it's just kind of hedonistic, right? Like it's, a, yes. it's, it's, um, you know, it's a bit over the top. It's, it's, it's this big, you know, like a bountiful feast where everyone isn't just there to have a meal, but they're, they're there to like really um, splurge and just sort of gorge themselves on all, on all this great stuff uh, just because they can, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and doing it with exuberance, doing it without any uh, restraint, I think it is is sort of definitional in that sort of thing and in this scene and the way they juxtapose the feast they're having you know in this bacchanal sort of thing and the feast that they're having on Jackie's corpse is really disturbing. Yeah. And I loved it. I loved yeah. it. it, it yeah. This show has a way of like getting under my skin with that stuff in a way that few other shows do. Yeah, what I, I really liked about it was is that you're you're thinking about that. Like this is something that you can. You, I wouldn't fa- I wouldn't fault them for doing this. You know, um, I, 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 there's the social taboo. It's the thing that you're not supposed to do, um, generally speaking. But I mean, if you're in the woods and you don't know if you're ever going to get caught, you know, you're never going to get rescued, mm-hmm. and for no fault of your own, you end up with this giant. Uh, bit of roasted human flesh that's cooked to perfection. <laughs> sure. 
Um, I mean, you got to survive, right? I mean, it, it's, yeah, hundred percent. It, it's not that surprising that they would they would do that. Um, what is surprising is the way that they would try to make that try to try to make that work in their in their own memory of like okay we're we're now cannibals because like being hungry and and being satiated is not the same as reckoning with the fact that you ate jackie right um sure your friend yeah your friend and uh someone you knew and uh you know that someday you might go back to civilization and people are going to want to know where jackie is and what happened to her um yeah you know. And somebody might find out that this happened. So, you know, I, I think what what really what I really liked about the way they put this together was that it's about how they're 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 dealing with the reality that they're in, and and how how they're they're trying to process in real time, like how are we going to to um, how can we do this because we need to do this, but you know, the, everything inside of us is telling us this is, this is not something that we should be doing, you know, that we should be ashamed of doing mm -hmm. or, or whatever. So uh, a lot of, I thought yeah. that was, that was pretty fantastic. And I mean, it, it gave them the chance to really show them pigging out and really enjoying themselves. Uh, you know? Yeah. It was nice to see that scene where, you know, they're not, people who've been starving in the wilderness for two months, they're just enjoying themselves and having a good time. Mm -hmm. um, but like when the dam breaks, right? When, when Shauna leads them into this idea that it's okay to feast on Jackie and that dam breaks, it's just more gleeful. It's more, it, it, there's something about it that just like makes me feel like they were sort of waiting to do this all along, you know? Yeah, let me ask you this question. If mm -hmm. you were if you were in the if you were in the wilderness with just one other person and that person died, do you think it would be harder to eat that person by yourself or to eat this person with the group? Like I kind of feel like the group would make it easier, right? Because as soon as one person does it, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, you're you're sort of given tacit permission to do it. Whereas mm -hmm. you, you can let somebody else give you permission to do it as opposed to having to give yourself permission. To right. Do well, cause that's what I think is kind of interesting because she says she wants us to, uh -huh. and, and you can make an argument that maybe Jackie would want them to do that, but sure. nothing about Jackie necessarily screams that, you know what I mean? Like she, uh -huh. so, so it, it's certainly her, it's certainly her way of spinning things so that she can, she can cross the line. And, um, like I said, if, if, you know, if you're, if it's just you and another person in the woods, like, of course you're going to eventually do that, but I think you're going to have to uh, really um, struggle with the decision mm -hmm. and in a way that you don't have to whenever it happens in a group setting. Cause I mean, I, I, yeah. I just think about like being a teenager and some of the dumbest things that I've ever done, they were all with other people who were also doing that same thing, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, you know, I have like, a big scar on my leg from a time where my friends and I were all behind the shed at my parents' house setting things on fire. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> they got the bright idea to like start jumping through the fire. Yeah. And then they got the bright idea to start jumping through the fire while they were spraying uh, lighter fluid into it so it would go up real big. Uh huh. Yeah. Lighter fluid lands on your leg while you're jumping through a fire. You're yeah. going to catch on fire. <laughs> yeah. There's. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't think yeah. I would have ever come up with that idea myself, is what I'm saying. <laughs> no, like you might have jumped over the fire one time, been like, oh, cool, and then walked away uh -huh. and, and never thought about it again. <laughs> Get a couple of other people there, and you're just trying to one-up each other and everything else. So, yeah, totally relatable. Right, right. Uh, you know who is the who I couldn't help but think about in this final scene in a weird roundabout way is Jeff. Cause Shauna wrote down all the things she did in mm. her diaries and Jeff read them was Jackie's boyfriend at the time. Yeah. Who was cheating on her, uh, with Shauna and then Shauna had to eat Jackie and actually, like, I, I wonder how honest the journals are. Like, well, I cut off her ear first, and I tried that. It was pretty good. But I thought, you know what might taste better? Her arm. And then I thought, well, now she's golden brown, so I got I to gotta just go for it. Jeff, I, what does Jeff think of his wife at that point? Because he seems okay with it. He's like, when he when he talks to her about it, he's like, it it's such a tragedy, like all the things you had to do, you know? He feels bad for her. So, yeah, I, I think he knows that they ate Jackie. Uh-huh. I mean, that's implied, wouldn't you say? I think so, yeah. When he says all those things, like, I think she, I think he knows that she did that. It would be interesting to figure out exactly how she, she wrote about it and um, what he knows specifically. I mean, maybe it doesn't really matter. It, I mean, whenever I saw that scene in the first season, what I thought it was saying to us is that he still loves her anyways, you know? That sure, was like sure. sort of the important thing was that even though he knows she's not perfect and she did some bad things, that they they're still their their bond goes beyond just the fact that you know they were cheating and uh, they felt guilty about it, so they stayed together for all those years. Um, mm -hmm. They have something really between them, is is the way that I interpreted it at that time. But yeah, you're right. I mean, how like, is he so well adjusted? Like coming coming back from this, knowing that his girlfriend he was cheating on his actual girlfriend with ate that girl <laughs> like how, how does he stay so well adjusted i guess is a question i mean you could you could you could say how well adjusted he is though i mean he did blackmail them because he was gonna lose his business that wasn't <laughs> that that wasn't that good yeah. i kind of tend to forget that um whenever me i too. think me too. about him because he is sort of like the sidekick husband that is you know generally just there to 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 um build her up whenever they need that you know what i mean but mm -hmm. um and he, i mean he is like he he he's 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 dealt with some injustices uh in the relationship and and so you kind of have kind of have his back for that but we can't really forget the fact that he did go straight to blackmailing her her friends Fair. her their their teammates uh whenever he needed to get out of a tough situation yeah instead of talking to her that's yeah that's ah okay not as well adjusted as i remembered but I mean, he's you know, yeah, he's he's still pretty solid there as far as as that relationship goes. So, well, we talked so much about the darkness. I think it struck back because uh, you're not going to hear from Pete for the rest of this podcast. They took out his power, the darkness. I don't know if it was a maybe a truck crashed into a transformer somewhere. I I don't know what happened, but he's gone. Hopefully not for good. Uh, his power just went out. So anyway, uh, we were pretty much done with the podcast. We wanted to talk a little bit about Coach Ben's reaction, but we won't be able to do that. At some point, they're definitely going to eat the coach. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, can't wait to see it happen. 
there won't be as much of him to eat as there was before the plane took off, but what can you do? There'll be plenty to go around. Anyway, uh, that's the end of the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we're not going to do feedback today, obviously. Um, so if you did want to send us some feedback on this episode, you can still do that at yellowjackets at baldmove.com. Uh, that's the email address. Send everything you got over there, and Aaron will compile that next week when he is back for episode three. Until then, that's going to do it from the Bureau of Citizen Detectives. I'm Jim, and that would have been Pete. Hopefully still is Pete. Until next time, see ya.